Hello and welcome to this episode of Crop Talk. I am your host, Thad Stoffer, and joining me today are Lucas Kami, Jason Gama, and Tom Timko. And if you're new to this podcast, Lucas, who handles our Wisconsin uh, territory, has an extensive agent background. Jason Gama is focused in Illinois. He has an extensive claim background with the AIP side. And Tom Timko handles Minnesota and has an extensive farming background. So today's topic is going to be private products. We know, we hear, we see private products being used throughout the states we represent of Illinois, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. So today's focus is with the group to talk about the private products. So guys, before we get started and kind of breaking down the different private products available, let's talk quickly here on the importance of private products and and where we've seen some of the positioning with private products. So anybody have any thoughts they want to share off the top here? Yeah, good question, Thad. Private products, I'll just talk about some of my favorite lately is the band of coverage products. They get you 85 to 95% coverage typically at the max. So if you're buying 85% underlining federal crop right now, you can buy that extra 10%. So the real question is why do farmers buy that? Or why are they interested in it? With the current economics, we're just finding a lot of people are trying to get as, as much guarantee income as they can to make their numbers either from a banking financing perspective or just a break-even perspective. Uh, that's why we're finding interest in those products right now. And so I, I think those are some of the ones that we should focus on, um, at least in my area. So, I don't know, Lucas, do you have any other private products in your area that are... Yeah, I think um, big picture on private products, I think the, the question we always get or the concern we always get, get is cost. And I think more importantly, what people need to do with private products is just open up and listen and see what it can do for them and see what kind of coverage it can provide and kind of protection it can provide. Um, just getting shut down because of cost isn't a, isn't a good thing to do. And le- you know, at least find out what it's, what's all involved and what it can do for you and what it can do for your operation. True. And, and some of the other ones similar to Bannock, well, not similar, but similar, but different, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, is going to be the buy up in the spring prices. Same things get accomplished and they can buy up more dollars of coverage they still maybe max out at 85% level, but then you always got the premium trade-offs, right? The other one maybe gets me to 95, but maybe the premium's a little bit more. So there's always trade-offs anytime you uh, take a look at private products. Yeah, so what I'm hearing is we've got, we've got the banded coverage product to discuss. We've got those products that add a set price on top of the projected price, which you were in the month of establishing that right now here in February. Yep. But the overlying theme, Lucas, that you brought up, and we'll kind of build on that throughout this conversation is, the importance of the value that brings to create opportunity or security from that perspective. Yeah, even at the highest levels of underlying multi-parallel, even at the 85% level, as you look at your cost of production and your break-even numbers, there still is a um, an opportunity there where we're not getting coverage. Um, if you're looking at the highest 85% level policy, ultimately you've got a 15% deductible in a sense. So as we talk about shallow losses or losses that can occur at that top end um, that's where these private products really come in and and get you closer maybe not in all cases to your break-evens but get you closer to your break-even so that kind of quote-unquote deductible is less and less great okay guys let's do this let's kind of dive into the products that we've seen used most often and we're talking about most often within our shop uh, and we'll just run through the different uh, products we know we have available. Jason, I'm going to ask you to kind of kick us off 
if you'd share a little bit about uh, uh, Rain and Hail's product. Uh, again, I'll just turn it over to you. Yeah, Rain and Hail has a product that competes in this market. Uh, it, the, the, the name of it is RPO. Um, it's currently offered on corn and soybeans in our territory. Uh, it's not a banded product. Uh, it is affecting the projected spring price. Um, ultimately, what's happening there is you're able to add uh, dollar, uh, cents, uh, add value to the spring price uh, for corn and beans on top of whatever the projected ends up coming in at at the end of February uh, in 10 cent increments. Um, and you're not going to be able to ex- exceed uh, 95% of your overall revenue guarantee. So you can add, add to those values for both corn and beans in 10 cent increments up to 50 cents on corn and $1.20 on soybeans, but also the other overarching restriction is you can't exceed 95% um, of, the, of your revenue guarantee. Uh, it is offered on an optional unit or enterprise unit basis. The underlying unit structure um, must match, so there's a limitation there. If you want the optional unit coverage on the RPO ban- um, uh, private product, you also have to have the optional unit uh, structure on your underlying. Same with enterprise. Uh, there is no uh, cap on any downward price movement that we can capture. Um, cost range is uh, all over the board. Uh, for this product, uh, depending on uh, your area and your um, APHs, but uh, a quick glance from an Illinois perspective, uh, looking at Bureau County specifically uh, and running APHs at 200 bushel for corn and price around $4, um, you're looking in that $34 range, $34 to $38 range for optional unit. Um, enterprise unit really doesn't cheapen it up much more, 33 to $36, $37 an acre. Um, on soybeans, looking at a 55 uh, bushel APH and a 950 price. Um, and increasing that, uh, you're looking at uh, $21 to $26 on optional units for Illinois. Um, and, and actually the same cost for an enterprise unit policy. Uh, that's in Bureau County, Illinois, Jackson County, Minnesota. Uh, very, very similar prices. Those can be repeated. And then Dane County, Wisconsin is quite a bit more. Uh, you're looking at 43 to $45 an acre for optional unit on corn um, and 23 to $26 an acre on soybeans. So Jason, what I'm, what I'm hearing from you though is... Um, a few more limitations I'll point out is to be qualified or to qualify for this policy, you'd have to have at least four years of actual yields in your APH database. Uh, can't be written on any high-risk ground or ground that is organic or under any written agreements. Um, so there's some limitations there for, for that product. And what I would say for, for this conversation and all the other products we're going to talk about today, there's much more that we haven't covered. We're obviously covering a high level we want to encourage you to go talk to your, your current crop agent or uh, reach out to the computer agents in your area and ask questions of that because that's the best way to learn what is most important to your operation. So, Jason, that's, that's one product. Um, I'm going to ask you to kind of stay with that theme and talk about another product that's very similar to what you just discussed, if you would kind of share with our listeners kind of that methodology behind uh, the product from RCIS and then maybe share some differences that you've seen from this product. 
Yeah, so RCIS, another partner of ours, uh, also has a um, private product that they've called RPP. And it is similar from rain and hail in a sense that it's the only other uh, product that does affect the spring price uh, versus um, an actual banded product. Uh, So it does affect the spring price. It's available also on corn and soybeans. Uh, the limitations here as far as how much you can affect the price has to do with uh, with what your underlying multi-parallel policy level, coverage level, is at. So it's kind of a stair-stepped approach there. If I have an 85% level underlying multi-parallel policy, then I can only increase the... Um, the spring price by 12%. That's in 1% increments, anywhere between 1 and 12. If I have an 80% level underlying multi-parallel policy, I can affect it by 19%. If I'm at 75% underlying, I can affect the spring price by 27%. And uh, if I have a 70% level underlying policy, I can affect the spring price by 36%. Again, those are max um, coverages, so 1% all the way up to those limits that were laid out. Uh, would be how I can affect that spring price. So, Jason, what does that mean if I'm if I add an 85% underlining multi-parallel? What does that get me? Essentially, I can take uh, whatever the spring price comes in at um, from a from whatever the projected price is. So, let's say that's four dollars. Let's say we end up at four dollars. Then, by having that underlying 85% level, I can increase that four dollars uh, by 12%. So with that scenario, we're looking at affecting that spring price by roughly 48 cents at the max level. Again, I can I can affect that from 1% to 2% to 3% all the way up to 12. Yeah, so as I do the math, that 48 cents, if I got a 200 APH at 85% level, should get me close to a little over $80 of coverage. So again, if that's important to a producer, Jason, I agree with you. I think that's uh, some of these have a lot of great products if they're and a lot of them are priced right. Uh, to add on, uh, you can have it on optional units uh, or enterprise units. Um, that unit structure on the private product um, does not have to match the underlying multi-parallel um, unit structure. As far as cost goes, uh, excuse me, before I hit cost, uh, some other limitations similar to rain and hail uh, can't be written, cannot be written on high-risk ground. Um, acres that were prevented from planning, uh, written agreement acres uh, can't be written on organic or FAC type crops where you're following another crop. Uh, cost wise, if I talk about that for an example, um, similar to our rain and hail pricing points as far as the counties and states, if I look at Illinois Bureau County with that same 200 bushel APH uh, price at four bucks and, and maxing that out. To get to the 12% increase, uh, you're looking at around $16 an acre for optional, $14 an acre for enterprise. On the soybean side, uh, you're looking at $14 uh, optional and $12 enterprise. That's with a 55 uh, bushel APH and a 950 price. Again, increasing that by the max of 12%, assuming that the underlying is 85% level with regards to these prices. Minnesota, Jackson County, uh, for corn, thirteen dollars for optional, twelve for enterprise. On the soybean side, nine dollars for optional, eight dollars for enterprise an acre. And on Wisconsin, um, Dane County, seventeen dollars an acre for optional, fifteen for enterprise on corn. And on soybeans, eleven dollars for optional, ten dollars on enterprise. 
Thanks, Jason, for sharing that information. It's also important to note for those listening uh, and may wondering how that compares to their own area. Keep in mind, we're using a scenario based on what we believe the projected prices to be and what we believe the volatilities to be, and then also different scenarios for, for APHs. So those exact costs, costs will obviously change based on your scenario. So good information shared there, Jason. Thank you for that. Uh, it's certainly something, again, we'll remind our listeners that they have more questions on that. Seek out that information from, from your agent. And uh, now let's kind of transition. We've, we've talked about kind of at a high level the, the products that add that set price to the February average. I should note as we're talking about this today, there are a few other products that we, we represent that we know of uh, called PriceFlex and R-Powered that allow you to secure pricing above February average today and or in the future. That's an important piece. It's not new. Uh, so Frank, for today's discussion, we'll kind of leave that out, but it is an important tool that is being used by producers to kind of lock in current prices or future prices. So it's certainly something we'll, we'll have more conversation on, but it's good to, good to note at this point in time. Lucas, we're going to ask you to kind of talk about uh, the banded products um, that are maybe different than the set average from the February piece that Jason talked about. So we've asked Lucas to kind of share a couple, couple products that are similar in the marketplace that accomplish that banded product idea. Yeah, Thad, um, uh, I do want to talk about uh, two products in particular that, that look at more of the banded coverage as you were talking about. Um, the first one is, is called Gap, uh, Great American Plus from Great American Insurance Company. And uh, so this one looks at adding banded coverage to your underlying multi-parallel policy. The three bands, 80 to 90, 85 to 95, and 80 to 95. So kind of going outside the box, they're having a bigger band. You know, we previously we always talked about having a 10% band, but they've tried to increase that. Um, it's interesting that they call it gap because uh, one way that this one does differentiate itself is you can leave a gap in coverage. So, for instance, you can have a 75% policy and you can have a 85 to 95% gap. Um, so you would leave a gap in your coverage, but you are getting that that uh, higher band, like Jason was talking about, covering those shallow losses. So it is something that um, one way the, they are different. Um, could be a downfall, but one of the rules is it has to be enterprise unit only. We can't do optional units with this gap coverage, so that, that could be considered a limitation, but I think as um, in a lot of areas we've gone to enterprise units, we're looking to cover, do, uh, coverage as a whole yep. on the farm, so enterprise unit, you know, it definitely works. Um, so again, you can, you know, if you're looking at a 200 APH and um, you're covering that top band, you know, you can get an extra $80 in coverage, which, you know, can definitely get you closer to that break-even point and, and give you that more protection at the top. It can also give you just more bushels to cover. You know, if you're getting heavy into marketing and you want to really look ahead, it, it provides that you can really get aggressive with your marketing. So I'm, I'm just going to kind of cover general costs, uh, as Jason did for Illinois, um, those revenue bands, that 85 to 95% band, you know, we're talking 23 bucks an acre, um, Minnesota, that 85 to 95% band, we're 16, and then Dane County, Wisconsin, we're in that $20 for that 80, that, again, that top tier band, um, call it Cadillac coverage of the revenue policy. Interesting enough, though, and another advantage to Gap is they have just a yield coverage, so you can go back and just look at bushels and not um, worry so much about price, and that can significantly drop the price. Um, again, you're just looking at 
bushels, but if you're going to use it first for marketing bushels or something like that, or just looking for to protect against a bushel loss, um, you know the prices do get cheaper. So I, you know, I said for Illinois, we're at twenty three bucks an acre. The yield side, we're at twelve. You know, so there's a significant price decrease there, um, and and you're still getting those bushels covered at the projected spring price. So you're still getting eighty dollars of coverage, but you're just looking for a yield loss. Minnesota, you go from sixteen to nine dollars, and in Wisconsin, you go from twenty to say fourteen dollars. So we're talking all of a six dollar difference in costs when you go to that to the yield side. Um, beans is similar. Top end in Illinois, you know, using that same fifty five APH, we're talking sixteen dollars. You go to the yield side, we're talking ten. You know, so that same six dollar difference. Minnesota, we go from thirteen to to nine, um, which is really good. You know, for nine bucks in yield. 85 to 95% yield coverage. That's, that's a pretty good bang for your buck there. Um, in Wisconsin, we're going from 17 to 13. So not quite as big of a gap, but still very affordable on the yield side. So, and, and Lucas, I think one of the important pieces you're bringing out that I think our listeners would probably agree with is, you know, if bushels matter and bushels are important, that's certainly a way to great, create value in coverage and then give you the confidence to, to go ahead and forward market or, or take some additional action to capture higher prices on that commodity that you haven't even planted yet. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, we talk a lot about revenue protection and revenue, and, and that definitely is important. But I mean, if, if you want to get aggressive with marketing, and you know, if you hear a lot of marketers talk, they said do something, you know, be aggressive with the marketing. This really gives you an opportunity, those extra bushels that you can you can get aggressive, especially um, after planting season. You know, if we get a good rally, so yeah. definitely something that a tool you can put in your toolbox yep. to help you out with that. Good. Um, Second one, uh, the second product I want to talk about is RevBoost. Um, this is from our partner, our friends at uh, Crop Risk Services, CRS. So it's, again, um, a banded product, banded coverage. Uh, they have 80 to 90%, 85 to 95%, and then I think they have a 5% um, band as well. Um, this one's a little different from Gap. So this product, they don't allow you to leave that gap in coverage. So to get that 85 to 95% ban, you do have to have an underlying 85% policy. It doesn't have to be revenue. It could be yield or RP with HPE, but um, they do have to, there's, there's no way with this product to leave that, that gap in coverage. Uh, there is some, some limitations on downward price movement, 50 cents on corn and dollar on soybeans. Um, we, have, we don't hit that all too often, but it's definitely something you have to be aware of. And then one other, um, it, it mirrors gap, and then it has to be enterprise units. And then the other way that this differentiates, though, is that um, in a loss situation, it works like harvest uh, revenue pro- uh, revenue protection with harvest price exclusion. So if that if that harvest price goes up, um, it starts to eat into your production account. Um, so it kind of works against you when the prices go up. So that's a limitation. But as you'll see, the, there's a trade-off there, and that trade-off comes in the pricing. Um, when we're looking at those those top bands um, for that eighty five to ninety five percent price, you know, doing revenue coverage in Illinois, we're talking fifteen bucks. So I mean, something that was, you know, maybe in the twenties in Illinois, if you build in that HPE factor, you know, we're talking fifteen. So the so there's limitations, but that limitation assists with the costs. So it definitely has its place. Again, it's it's looking more price drop. Um, driven a little bit, I guess would be in my opinion, um, to cover for those, even with the limitations that I don't think will come into play too often, but, um, you know, the price is there in the premium, um, Minnesota, we're talking $17 on corn 
and same $17 on corn in Wisconsin, Dane County, and, and Jackson County, Minnesota, respectively. On beans, you know, in Illinois, we're at that 55 APH, we're talking 11 bucks. Minnesota, 10. Dane County, 11. You know, so for that upper band of coverage, um, protecting against downward price movement, I mean, I think it's it's very affordable and it has its place. So, Well, thank you, Lucas, for that, that overview. That is definitely something that we need to make sure we're looking at uh, when you compare the, the cost to the value there. Uh, it's a different way of looking at than what Jason spoke about there. So it's there's certainly something that is a viable tool for us to consider. Yeah, and the Red Boost side, you know, just talking about the value, you know, talking, um, you know, four or five to one ratio of premium versus what you're getting back. So it's definitely the ratios there that, that makes this product, at least at both products, something to definitely look at. Yeah. Okay. Um, like I said, we, we get caught up in costs. Um, but I think we've said this in this podcast, you know, that you can budget for these costs up front. So um, try to look at what you're getting for the value of the premium you're paying. And I, I think you can see that there's some value here. Yeah, no, good. Very good. Well, that, that covered four products. Um, Tom, I'm going to ask you to kind of take the lead now and kind of share a couple of products that uh, we're talking about within the Compure world and educating our producers on it. Kind of takes what Lucas shared and kind of goes a little bit one step further, if I can say that. So if you would, Tom, kind of share with our listeners kind of that next piece of, of products that uh, you're going to highlight for us. Yeah, that, that was a good question. As Lucas just got done going through the uh, the gap, right, uh, with the banded coverage options, uh, the next two that we actually use, uh, very similar. They're banded coverage options as well. The main difference is you can actually take optional units on those banded coverage where maybe some of the other ones he was referring to limit us to enterprise. So enterprise works for the majority of the people, uh, but there's areas or territories that prefer optional banded coverage on top of their underlying federal crop. Those reasons could be variability in their ground. They're more susceptible to hail. A lot of times you'll see that because their hail costs are higher than those maybe in Wisconsin or Illinois, for example, right? So there is a market for the optional coverage, banded coverage, on top of the underlining multi peril So some of the other uh, similarities of the other products out there that I do like about uh, the two products in particular, I didn't mention them, my bad, is uh, ProAg and Farmers Mutual. Both of those offer, again, the optional banded coverage on top of your federal crop, whether it's optional or enterprise, does not have to match. So one of the things that we do like about those products as well is you can leave a gap. Maybe you don't have to, but if you want to leave a gap, uh, I think Farmers Mutual, the ramp allows you a 5% gap. So if I've got an 80% underlining multi-peril, I can still take the 85 to 95% banded coverage. Pro Egg is a little bit more flexible. They'll let you have a larger gap all the way down, I think, to 5,100 policy, right? So whatever you want to do, basically. So both of them offer different uh, coverage opportunity for a different market. So I like that we have a wide variety of the products out there that fit the different needs of each producer, whether it's coverage-driven, premium-driven, or optional choices driven, right? So that's what I like about the products we have. Now on the optional side, you're gonna pay a little bit more for the optional banded coverage than you are for the enterprise, right? So you have to meet with your agent, find out if you're premium driven, which of the companies offering the optional has a better value for you. 
But quite honestly, they're both great products. And if those are your needs as a producer, surely take advantage of them. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I think the, the highlight for, for our listeners is you as a producer have options. And the big big overwhelming theme that we've seen this, through this discussion is there's a lot of different options to consider. And part of the role that we fit in that partnership with our producers is to help them identify what that right fit is for them and kind of, kind of build on that piece of it. So... As we're kind of wrapping up this part of discussion here, you may be asking yourself, you know, I, I haven't heard about these products, or maybe I have heard about these products, and you may be wondering, are these products right for me? Lucas, kind of, what's your take on that? Yeah, I I just want everyone to be aware, you know, when, when agents um, talk about these products, you know, it's not about high-dollar stuff or anything like that. We're just trying to show, you know... An agent wants to make sure everyone's aware of what's out there and how that can help their operation. I mean, that's really the true goal is they want to show what value it can bring to you. And so if they're talking about these things, they just want to make, you know, agents are very good at providing information. A lot of times that's what they want to do. And they want to um, show how they can use and how they can help you out. And then at the same time, but if you hear about something, make sure to ask your agent. You know, don't be afraid yeah. to ask if they're knowledgeable. They should know. Um, if they don't know, they'll find out for you. So make sure you ask about how these can help and go through um, go through these things with them. Make sure you have your cost of production ready and, and intended acres ready. And so you can have a really in-depth conversation and really see how it's going to work for you. You know, Lucas, you bring up another good point about knowing cost of production. And again, we're going to talk about marketing opportunities. I think these banded coverage get up to 95% allows us a better... Um, opportunity to even sell more bushels if we need to but something I do want to bring up is you know you may be one of those clients out there or producers out there like my my agents never brought that up well sometimes we have a we prejudge areas or geographical areas that maybe it's not the right fit for them and so sometimes that's our fault so if you ever want to know more about it because you haven't talked or had discussions on it let us know but in some areas, the premium and the pricing kind of, we think it puts them out of the market. But if you think it's still something you want to talk about, make sure you let your agent know. Yeah, no, that, those are both good comments. And it's both good to understand that um, in some areas, depending where you're at, we're kind of doing, like you said, Tom, that pre-qualification of knowing what, what costs are going to be. And, and we kind of know in some cases the background of what you've been purchasing for crop insurance on the underlying multiparel to begin with. That kind of helps pre-qualify that piece there. But the thing that we're, you know, hopefully, at least as this organization is doing, is just being more proactive and sharing information and then letting the producers make those decisions and kind of, again, we can't, we can't educate our producers, our listeners enough because that will make them more savvy and understanding. And to Lucas, your point, asking those right questions so we can help identify what is that right fit for them. Well, guys, again, thank you so much for kind of that overview there of, of those procs and, and sharing your what you're seeing, not, not just within your states, but also um, what, you're, what you're getting questions from from our agents. You know, as we're recording this here today, we're we're just about a month away from the March 15th multi-apparel deadline. I think it'd be good, maybe, if we just shared with our listeners here some of the things to make sure they're aware of and remind them of the the deadline and what that March 15th deadline means. So. Lucas, I'm going to call on you first here, if you would, just kind of, what are a couple of things at top of mind that we need to make sure we're, we're seeing our agents for or situations that happen that um, we don't always think about 
that needs to be done before March 15th. Yeah, Thad, I think you just said it, you know, see your agent. That's that's the biggest thing. I know, you know, obviously all these policies, all the multi-parole policies renewal without seeing anybody and they just stay in place and that's that's the easy way out. But I can't stress enough of taking that opportunity to, to meet with your agent. You know, it doesn't have to be real long, but at least you're on the same page going forward. So, um, you know, little things can, you know, the devil's in the details. Yeah, we talk about um, entity changes, or if you're forming an LLC, you're getting together with your brother and, and changing how you're um, setting up your farming iteration. That's something that uh, your agent needs to know because there need to be changes there. Uh, marital status, uh, just your coverage. Do you understand what coverage you have? Um, what, you know, how many dollars you're covering, how many bushes you're covering going into this year, you know, what you can uh, market, that kind of stuff. So take the opportunity to meet with them. Um, if you've added land, you know, we, there's a lot of, um, or it could be land moving around. If you've added land, specifically new county stuff, that's stuff that your agent um, can help, you know, make sure you're both on the same page going into this year so there's no hidden things that come out during acreage reporting time. So take the opportunity to meet. I can't, I can't stress that enough. Yeah, and, and Lucas, let me just jump on that and kind of expand for, for the group as well. We always find out where we didn't communicate correctly or effectively from the insured to us as the agent is when those types of things happen or didn't get shared with the agent. And then all of a sudden, coverage may get denied, claims may get denied. There, there's things that obviously impact us from that perspective. Tom, anything from your perspective you wanna make sure we add? Uh, just add a couple You're good. quick notes uh, to uh, what uh, Lucas just spoke about. As a producer, if you're ever not, not quite sure, I just one of the rules of thumbs are you should be selling your grain under the same name that you're, you have your crop insurance policy under, tax identity, tax ID, whatever, as well as how you certify. So if all three of those match up, you're always going to be golden. You're going to be in great shape. And one of the things I want producers to keep an eye on is we have some of the government reports are finally get caught up. So I think next week... Uh, or is it the week after? We should be mostly caught up in all the reports. So just be aware of that. That could be a, a big uh, market changer and hopefully provides us opportunities. And, of course, you've got your AD 1026. If you're a newer farmer, you're picking up new land in a new county, make sure you got those AD 1026 forms signed at your FSA office and uh, good to go. And also so they match up with the right entity. So if you change entities, you need to sign or fill out a new AD 1026 form. And Lucas, you have anything else to add before we... Yeah, so you mentioned the reports are coming out. Well, we've got a delay in reports because the government's finally back open. I think the last time we recorded, the government was shut down, which meant um, things were being delayed with Farmville and stuff like that. Um, but now that it's back open, DRP sales are back open. Um, so take the opportunity there to talk with your insurance agents about you know covering your milk, uh, stuff, anything related to that. Uh, also... I'm just going to throw in another plug with Farm Bill Changes. The ARC and PLC program's coming out. Um, there are tools out there available to help you kind of make those decisions. So talk to your agent. Your agent should be able to help you with, with that part too. So those okay. other little things, other reasons to meet with your agents. Um, okay. The ARC and PLC you know, will be an important conversation as we go forward here. Yeah. You know, Lucas, one of the things I, get, I hear a lot is uh, beginning farmer and rancher. So people coming back, starting up farming, we don't... I hear other agents maybe don't, uh, it's like it's not worth the extra effort to give them the break or discount that the government allows them on some of their premiums as a beginning farmer. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, that's another great reason to, t to talk to your agent because your agent can help you work through those decisions. If it is valuable 
to um, declare beginning farmer rancher. You can get an APH bump if you're coming in with just T yields. You can get a premium reduction. So there's lots of other things. Like I said, like talk to your agent. That's we can't stress that enough. It's it's one of those things a good agent will be aware of that. He can talk through that what it means for you and your operation. So be in communication. Let them know what what's going on with the situation. Good point. Yeah, no, all all good stuff, and it's it's good reminders for us. It's things we should be doing annually but it's things that um things change throughout the year and it's important that we're talking to our agents and and notifying them when situations change in our operations in our entities um new people coming on board so all all good stuff from that perspective so good well guys listen hey good discussion here and look forward to our discussion next month uh will probably be post march 15th at that point in time and and uh, we'll probably have a good outlook on what the weather patterns will be and how soon tractors and planters might be hitting the field. So uh, thank you to our listeners here. Again, uh, please check us out. We'll see some more links on social media coming up here to share links and information. Uh, and as always, uh, please rate, subscribe, and look forward to the next discussion. Guys, thanks. Have a good day.